Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools with other like-minded folks to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Yes, that's right. This is the very first episode of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. And I was motivated to actually sit down and start recording based on a recent post from Jeremy Franson over at the Internet Business Mastery podcast. And in that post, he mentioned uh, several items in there, but one that struck a chord for with me was progress, not perfection. And he was mentioning in that post how he is a perfectionist and how it slowed him down for you know several things with their online business. And that is definitely something I suffer from as well. I'll sit down to do a blog post on this site here or on uh, any number of other niche sites. And what happens is I'll sit there, type away, I'll redo parts, and I'll, you know, analyze that post to death. And literally, I've had posts take me eight hours. I'll leave it for the day, revisit it the next day, completely rewrite it, spend a couple more hours. And just for one blog post, I may have spent about 10 hours. No joke. So... When I was setting out to actually create a podcast, part of the problem was I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what I was doing, you know, get into the ins and outs of Audacity as far as recording, editing, you know, adding audio snippets here and there. And what I was finding over the last couple of weeks is I was so overwhelmed with all the different aspects of learning how to podcast and how to get everything together that I really wasn't making progress and it was just getting overwhelming. Um, Pat Flynn and Cliff Ravenscrab both have great online courses on how to podcast. But even with the laid out step-by-step guide, you know, that they did a great job with, I was finding that I was getting bogged down in the details. So what I decided to do today was just jump behind the microphone no script, no nothing, and just sit down and record. So I'm going to have to learn how to edit after the fact, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, things that just make it into the audio that I'd probably rather not have in there, but progress, not perfection. We're going to have some good quality content today, hopefully, and that is the key. So as we go along, I will definitely, you know, my skills as far as podcasting will increase And hopefully along the way, you'll learn a couple things here and there, and uh, we'll all be better for it. So here we go. And today what I wanted to do was do an audio session in regards to making money online. And this stems from a question that I saw somewhere else. I can't remember exactly where. I think it was on Mark Mason's podcast where someone was asking, is it a requirement that you have money to make money? And basically the point that person was trying to make that was that, yes, absolutely, you do need money to make money online. And I'm here to tell you today that that absolutely is not the case. Well, just like you know everything else in life, it sometimes is much easier if you have a you know, small stockpile of money to begin with. But absolutely, you need no money to get started making money online. And that is probably something you haven't heard before. Anything I've seen related to that, whether it's podcasts or blog posts, they all mention that, yes, you will need some upfront capital to get started. And that's usually in the form of a web hosting account, um, possibly WordPress plugins that you may need to buy, WordPress themes. But for the most part, 
you know, everybody out there will tell you that you only need, you know, your web hosting account and then some basic other things potentially. But in order to get started, I really don't even think you need that. You really do not need to have your own web hosting when you start out. And the way you can go about doing that is you can actually sign up for your own blog on the Google Blogger platform. And if you already have your own Google account, um, Gmail account, you know, you'll sign into that, go to blogger.com, log in, and then you can just click on create new blog right there. And then what that's going to give you the option to do is actually to create your online presence on Google's servers. Basically, you know, your bandwidth, your web hosting, everything will be absolutely free. And the reason I say you may want to start there is because that's exactly how I got started. When I started out, I think it was in December of 2010, what I decided to do was to create my own blogger blog. And what I was going to try to do is see if I stuck with it. You know, I wasn't, I hadn't created content before. I wasn't a blogger. So I wasn't sure that it would be something I was interested in or something that I would actually stick with. So I figured if I started out with a free blog, tried to blog on a regular basis, you know, at least once a month. And, you know, basically I was just kind of experimenting, see what kind of things I was interested in writing about, you know, see what piqued my interest and see what kind of, you know, audience I could build. You know, for the most part, it was my family and friends. And starting out, you know, it was a lot more work than I thought. I actually enjoyed what I was doing initially. I was writing, you know, some finance-related posts. I did a couple of posts about Dave Ramsey's plan. I was writing something about, you know, cell phones. At the time, I was into the new Android cell phones. As far as games, you know, apps, different things that you can do with your cell phone. And I was also interested in the technical aspects of blogging as well. So I was really interested in, to, in trying out the Blogger platform. And being that I have a background in technology, I was also interested in just, you know, manually modifying, you know, different themes and different things you could do with Blogger. So... I knew there were some limitations as far as being able to modify things and, and, you know, being tied into the Blogger platform. But at the same time, it was absolutely free, so I had nothing to lose. So I figured that was kind of the best way to get started. And if you're absolutely brand new and never have blogged before, have no experience doing websites at all, I would say that's definitely an option for you. You could also go the other route, which everybody will mention to you at some point, and which I will as well. And that's, you know, creating your own WordPress blogs, getting your own web hosting. And uh, that's definitely the way to go down the road when you're, you know, creating your own affiliate sites, creating your own, you know, authority sites, that type of thing. You're definitely going to want to have more control over the SEO aspects and uh, everything that you do. But getting started with a free blogger platform where they do the hosting for you you basically have an unlimited upload capability as far as, you know, uploading images, video. At least in the over three years that I've had my blogger blog, I haven't hit any sort of, uh, you know, limits as far as uploads or, you know, never been charged for, you know, needing to add additional pictures or images or anything like that. So it's pretty much wide open. And uh, there's a lot of benefits to that, actually. Um if you've ever had WordPress hosting and your own um, utilizing your own hosting company, the main companies are, you know, the ones that you've heard of are Bluehost, HostGator, and the one that I utilize is Web Hosting Hub. 
all of those hosting companies are pretty much the same. When you just start out, you're going to be sharing a server with, you know, hundreds of other websites. And as a result of that, you're going to be subject to potential outages as a result of, you know, other sites getting a whole bunch of traffic at once or, you know, rogue scripts or, you know, just breaking attempts at, you know, various sites. You know, all these things happen and those are kind of outside of your control. They happen to everybody at some point. Your website will go down on web hosting. You will experience performance problems. Everybody runs into that. And what I've found actually on the blogger platform is that since everything is hosted at Google, I haven't once noticed a slowdown or delay when I'm, you know, updating my posts or accessing that website. So that's sort of a set it and forget it type of situation where, you know, you don't have to deal with that on a daily basis for the most part. Now, if there were a wide scale outage at Google, you would be affected, obviously, but you know, they have redundancy built in that probably many web hosting companies, you know, can't even come close to. So in that aspect, your site is actually probably going to perform better hosted on Google. But that said, you're obviously subject to having all of your content stored on Google servers. And if you wanted to, you know, take your site and move it to another site, it would potentially be a little more difficult. You know, there, I'm sure there's ways out there to transfer a blogger blog to a WordPress blog, but there's a lot more built-in methodologies to do so with WordPress, and, you know, that type of scenario is a little bit easier and more well-documented. Let's step back for a minute, and I'll give you a an official list of pros and cons. We'll go through a couple of each. And the primary one for utilizing the Blogger platform, as I already mentioned, is the fact that it's absolutely free and unlimited hosting. Basically, you can create any number of different Blogger sites, and they would each have their own unique URL, which would end with whatever.blogspot.com. So you could have, you know, 10 different Blogger URLs, you know, with 10 different focuses, and you could try out different things. So, you know, right there, you could, if you had one particular idea you wanted to try, it didn't work out, you could take it in a completely different direction, get another blogger site, you know, within a week, and, you know, you could be on to the next idea. So it really does give you some flexibility to try some things out without spending any upfront money. So that's definitely one advantage. Another one is that everything you learn in the blogger experience that you go through as far as setting up the site, you know, design, you know, modifications that you do, 90% of what you do is going to be relevant to the WordPress platform as well. So, well, the specifics of if you're actually getting into the code and taking a look at the HTML underneath the blogger platform, you know, specifics that you're doing may not necessarily apply, but like I said, almost, you know, the vast majority of everything you do is going to transfer over to the blogger or the uh, WordPress platform if you decide to go that way in the future. So everything you're learning, even though it's a free platform, it'll all be relevant for you down the road. So you're not, you know, wasting your time spinning your wheels learning, you know, a different technology. You know, a lot of, a lot of what you're going to be doing is all relevant. So that that's a definite benefit there. <clears throat> Another one is because you're actually on Google servers, Google certainly places a lot of precedence on their platform. For instance, if you're familiar with YouTube, you'll if you're doing Google searches from time to time, you'll probably see a lot of YouTube 
posts right at the top of the rankings on the first page of Google. So obviously they have a high precedence for their assets, you know, YouTube being one. But since the blogger platform is also another one, it does receive priority at times. I've noticed that, for instance, on low competition keywords, if I do a post and post that this morning, I'll come back into Google and see the um, do a search on that particular term, and I could be ranked on the first page of Google in the first spot the next day. So they definitely give priority to their sites, whether they tell you that or not. I've seen it firsthand where... You know, having the blogger blog has been very beneficial. I'll I'll have, you know, I'll, I'll detail in the show notes several of my posts that, you know, have ranked quickly and easily and continue to get a lot of traffic today, you know, years after I posted it. So it's a definite benefit to be on Google's platform. And even if you decide to go WordPress down the road, which I did with, you know, this site here and most of my niche sites, I still utilize that blogger blog that I created, you know, three years ago as a just a personal blog to link to my existing posts. I have, you know, a blog role on my blogger blog where I have this site listed in there. And the vast majority of the backlinks on this niche site tools.com site come from that blogger blog. So it's great to have another platform where you can, you know, give yourself backlinks and highlight content that you've created. So once, you know, your blogger blog does build up traffic and it's been out there a while, that can be a great way to get uh, additional links to your site. And, you know, it's just a great asset to have being hosted on Google. So that was a couple of pros all built into one there. But you can see that, you know, definitely down the road, even when you do decide to go to the WordPress platform, you'll—it's still great to have that blogger blog in your back pocket to, you know, utilize for your own purpose. So, and the final pro that I wanted to touch on for now is that there are a lot of existing communities of blogger blogs where you can link up and connect with other people that have well-established blogger blogs, and they do um, all sorts of things like link sharing, you know, blog sharing, guest post type of scenarios where where I've seen this most is in the, what I call the mommy blogs and basically there's a whole network of you know women out there that want to document their you know the whole path of their children growing up from the moment that they get pregnant to you know various events throughout the pregnancy and you know into the first several years of their child's you know life so they're very intertwined, and what I see because my sisters have blogs like that is that a lot of those women on those blogs have very well-established, high-traffic blogs with over 10,000-plus followers, and they have all sorts of, you know, different communities where they share, you know, they add their blog, other people's blogs to their blog role, which in turn gives them more traffic, and you know, I've seen comments on some of those posts, you know, reach hundreds of comments, you know, within a day or two. So their communities are very well connected and their the followers that they have are, you know, a strong group of, you know, very dedicated followers. And if you create an email list or you decide to promote products or even place ads, you know, AdSense ads or link to Google products, you know, that relate to your kids, 
things like that could absolutely help your site take off and you could easily monetize your site. You know, lots of folks don't like to do that. You know, they just want the blog itself to, you know, chronicle their children growing up just to have a, a you know, reference for the future. But I've seen lots of those different sites where if you do decide one day to promote a product and you put a couple links to, you know, some great children's toys or books or things like that, because you've built a, you know, trustworthy following of people out there that, you know, that can have a huge benefit to you when you go to monetize your site. So, you know, there's some great examples out there of, you know, where blogger blogs have turned into, you know, great, fully supportive money-making opportunities for folks. So, if you can tap into those communities or, you know, find communities that relate to what you want to do, that can be a, you know, huge benefit, you know, to yourself. And that's not limited to Blogger, but I have seen where, you know, the Blogger platform, you know, for whatever reason that people have started on that platform and it's, you know, what they're comfortable with. So, you know, they can relate to it and, you know, it just helps build that community even more. So those were some of the pros of, hosting your site through the blogger platform now run through real quick uh, some of the small cons uh, and there's not very many of them but what you'll find if you do start out and try the blogger platform is that the level of technical knowledge that you need up front is very minimal because it's all you know pretty much built in you, you can click through the layout and it's all relatively intuitive but if you want to get into customizations and you want to try to change things where you know you would have full control over that on a wordpress platform with plugins and things like that that you could easily install and customize if you want to get into that same type of level of customization on the blogger platform you're most likely going to have to edit the html and what I found is that in any situation where I wanted to, you know, customize things beyond what you can do out of the box with Blogger, you will be editing the HTML code. And generally, most of the posts that I ran into will show you exactly how to do that. But it definitely takes a slightly higher level of technical knowledge. And I can't picture just a, you know, general, you know, everyday type of blogger doing that. That said, you know, my sisters that have their blogger blogs, they are what I would consider, you know, they grew up on computers and they're relatively technical, but, you know, they're not IT type technical. But they were still able to do some customizations and, you know, basically follow some steps that they found online and do some level of customization on their own site. So it's it's not unheard of that you could jump in there and do it. I would just say it's not quite as intuitive as, um, you know, the WordPress platform is with plugins and things like that. And generally speaking, when you're on the blogger platform, you don't have any official support. So Google, you know, there's not an 800 number you can call where Google is going to answer your questions. If your site goes down or you do edit your site and you totally screw things up, you're kind of on your own, and um, even in their forums, they have online forums. What I found is that you may get some help from the public, but if you know your site's down and you're having you know major issues, it could take days to get a response to the point where you can get everything back up and running. So, in that aspect, you it's kind of like 
you know, you need to be comfortable enough with your skills and, you know, know enough to the, either you're not going to go in there and make major customizations or if you do, you know, you got to be, you know, ready, willing, and able to accept the consequences of whatever you do. So in that aspect, you're kind of on your own. Whereas if you have a hosted WordPress site, I've had numerous times where, you know, something has gone wrong with my site. You know, maybe a plugin has caused a conflict with something else. And the Web Hosting Hub support has always been available, you know, 24-7. They have their chat available, phone calls, emails. So if you need immediate assistance, and a lot of times once you get an established site, you know, you're not going to want to experience any downtime because you might be losing customers, traffic, you know, any number of things could go wrong. So you want somebody there that's going to, you know, be able to assist you whenever you need it. So when you're just starting out and you're just testing things, or if this is just a personal blog, you, it might not matter to you that, you know, you, you screw something up and, you know, it, you may get to it next day or it may take a day or two to fix your issue. You know, that might not be a big deal to you. But, you know, if you are creating affiliate sites or authority type sites where, you know, people could be hitting your site at any given moment and they may be looking to make a sale or purchase, you know, you may be losing out on commissions, you know, that type of thing factors in. So the lack of support is definitely something that you want to be aware of up front. And like I said, the other factor is the level of customization out of the box that you can do with Blogger is somewhat limited. So you don't have that same ability to customize things. So th those, in my experience, are the two main cons of hosting on Blogger. But if those aren't big factors for you, then it's, it's absolutely a uh, platform to check out. And uh, I will give you examples in the show notes also of specific posts that I've done where I've experimented with different things. Like, for instance, on that site, it initially started out as, you know, just a personal blog where, you know, I may share, you know, family pictures, you know, and I still do that. It's it's just all over the place. That That's not a place where... You know, I have one specific focus. I might post about, you know, Angry Birds was my last post. And, you know, I may post about, you know, finance articles like I've mentioned. I may post about, you know, the iPhone. I may post about technical blog details, you know, any number of topics. So there's definitely not a particular focus there, but I have had success with different monetization methods. So I'll link to my site on there. It's www.thepathtoriches.com. And the story behind that actually is uh, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book back in 2003. And I was so motivated to do something to try to start a business that I registered www.thepathtoriches.com thinking that somehow, someday, that was going to be my ticket to financial freedom. And at the time, I created a site where I was just posting links to the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. And I knew nothing about traffic, nothing about, you know, how to build an audience at the time. So I put up this site with information about the Rich Dad books. And I thought for sure that I would be rich from people clicking on those books. I would get a dollar per sale or whatever it was at the time. And I would be on my way to financial freedom. Well, needless to say, I don't think I got a single click on any of those, and that site sat dormant with those links on there for maybe a year or two. 
and uh, never really did anything with it. So I eventually just put a for sale sign on the site and let it sit there and um, always liked the domain name but never knew what I was going to do with it. So it actually sat idle from almost 2003 to 2010 and right at the end of 2010, it was right around Christmas time, I decided I was going to create that blogger blog and what I did in that particular case, now I actually... You can, when you create a blogger blog, you can actually utilize your own domain name or you can just go with, like I said, it, I, it could have been the path to riches.blogspot.com. And the only reason I utilized that site was because I had already owned it and I wanted to do something with it. So I went ahead and I actually, when I signed up for the blogger blog, I actually specified the website that I owned as the domain name. So you can do that as well. If you were to do that, it would cost you, you know, whatever it costs to register a domain name. These days it's, you know, $10 or under and you can have privacy for your domain name so you don't have to give your personal details as far as address, name, email, and all that. And for under $10 a year, you could also go that route, but you don't have to. You could absolutely do this free with a blogspot.com um, domain, and you don't have to pay a thing. So, And if you wanted to, you could start out with a blogspot.com domain, and then convert over to a you know your own URL down the road. So if you're just starting out, just get started with the Blogspot domain name and then worry about the rest later. So there's like I said, there's absolutely no need to spend a penny up front and um I just decided to do that because I had that domain name. But anyway, I went off on a little tangent there. So that's where that uh domain name came from. And I'm not by any means suggesting you go to that my personal blog and subscribe or anything like that. Like I said, it's kind of all across the board, but I'll provide you some examples in the show notes of different ways in which I've monetized the site. Um, in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see that there is an AdSense ad, and that's one method, and I still haven't hit the payment thresholds, which is $100 that you must have in your account before you re um, qualify for payout. So I think I have about $65 in there, so that hasn't been a you know key method that I've utilized, and I haven't really focused any efforts on AdSense, but thought it was worthwhile just put an ad in the uh, upper right hand corner and then eventually some point down the road I'll hit a hundred bucks and that'll be worthwhile and uh, the primary method that I have utilized on the site is doing product reviews of products from Amazon and what I found by far the best way on a personal blog to do that is to put videos and anything multimedia that you can do you know in two cases, they were cat products because my wife and I have several cats and we have for four years, or I'm sorry, for over 10 years now. And, you know, having cats for that long, you tend to, you know, know what products work best and you have some recommendations for other people. And since pet people are generally passionate about their animals, what I found is that by going the additional mile and providing some video, or, you know, pictures and things to demonstrate the particular products I was reviewing. In one case, it was cat litter. And in another case, it was a um, Drinkwell 360 pet fountain. And what I found was with those posts with the videos that, 
not only did the posts rank much better in Google because people were staying on the page longer and, you know, spending more time there, that the level of interaction was higher as well. And I did, I have noticed that, you know, the majority of the sales I've had through Amazon have come from, you know, one of those related posts where, you know, you definitely go out of your way to give customers as much detail as possible and then send them on through to um, purchase on Amazon. So like I said, I'll provide some links to those um, different posts on different ways I've monetized through that blog and some of the more popular posts on there. And I'll, you know, show you firsthand the different things you could experiment with on the free blogger platform and still bring in revenue. So that pretty much wraps up the blogger platform itself. Um, I can tell you what made me branch out was that uh, a year or two into, you know, using the blogger platform, I was finding that a lot of the, what I wanted to talk about, what I was interested in, and what kept me going was the actual technical details of the blogging itself and, you know, the whole monetization of, you know, utilizing different methods like AdSense, um, Amazon, affiliate products, things like that. So I gravitated towards creating a separate site for that because I was finding that, you know, my blog, like I said, it was all over the place was mostly, you know, family members and friends just, you know, stopping by or subscribing via email and occasionally check out a post here or there that interested them. But I was finding that, you know, they weren't interested in the whole make money online thing. So that was when I decided to branch off into the niche site tools.com website and have the separate um, niche site for that. I've had my site for a little over two years now and decided I wanted to definitely take it into the podcasting realm because what I'm finding even personally for myself is that I do enjoy reading blog posts from you know certain uh, sites that I follow. For instance you know you all know Pat Flynn and Smart Passive Income and I also follow Mark Mason and the Late Night Internet Marketing website and podcasts, both podcasts that he has, and Pat Flynn's podcast as well, and Internet Business Mastery Guys and their podcast. But what I find is that even if I get emails um, in regards to their posts and, um, you know, even if I'm on their autoresponders or, you know, get various emails from them from time to time, Whenever I get the email, it seems like it's at an inconvenient time. So maybe it's, you know, I'm in the middle of the day and I'm at work and I don't get to reading the post and then I forget about it and I never get back to it. But what I find is that I go out of my way to consume podcasts because it's such a great, you know, medium that you can take it anywhere you go. And I find that a lot of times I listen on my commute into work or out of work when I'm walking, you know, take a walk out uh, with my wife or do an exercise at the gym or even just doing work around the house, I find that, you know, I always have time to put my earbuds in and take a listen when I'm doing something else. It's not taking your undivided attention. So because I found that that was my preferred medium of consuming content, I figured I was definitely missing out and doing a disservice to you guys out there for not providing an audio portion as well. So it's not to say that I'm not going to still continue to blog post or, you know, post updates on Twitter or Facebook, 
but I definitely wanted to add the audio component and give that to you as a mechanism to consume content here and make everything easier for you since that's what I would appreciate from another site that I were to follow. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this first podcast and you got to see some of the ways you could actually start out and build your online empire for absolutely no money down. And uh, if you have any questions at all about the Blogger platform, like I said, I've been on there for over three years now. And I know a lot of the ins and outs and how to customize some things here and there. I haven't done many customizations over the last year there. It's mostly just like I said, you know, whatever I feel like posting out there, I'm going to post out there. So it's all over the board, not real organized, but uh, it is what it is. So... Um, it's an example of how you could get started, and that's how I got started. So I wanted to share that with you today, and hopefully you enjoyed the show, and hopefully the audio in this podcast is tolerable for you. I am using a microphone that I really think is good quality. It was one that uh, one of the lower price models that Pat Flynn recommended, and uh, if you know Tim Page, he used to have the awesome podcast. He also recommended that as well, and had a really good experience with the microphone itself but quite honestly I have only utilized this audacity software that I'm recording this podcast with three times twice previously for quick audio sessions where I was testing and this time I just kind of sat down hit the record button and I'm doing this in one take so I do not know how to edit this very well yet I was able to figure out how to add that intro audio there that I uh got off of one of Cliff Ravenscraft's recent podcasts where he was mentioning uh, music, adding music to your podcast and some place you can get free um, intros, outros, and fillers. So I'll link to that as well. But um, so far, so good. It looks like we're at about the 33-minute mark, so that's kind of where I wanted to be. I sincerely hope that you got some value from this podcast today. And if you have any topics you'd like to see covered or you have any questions whatsoever similar to the AskPat.com podcast, I would be glad to answer them. Please leave them in the comments for this post, which will be nichesitetools.com forward slash the number one. And that is where you'll find this podcast and the show notes for that. And with that, I will go ahead and conclude the podcast for this week. If you have suggestions or comments uh, on the show itself, please feel free to email me directly to chris at nichesitetools.com, and I would love to receive your feedback. Thanks again, and have a great week. Hey, it's me. We're still here. Just wanted to uh, give you a little post-silence additional content here at the end. I always enjoy when Mark Mason or Pat Flynn does that, so I thought I would uh, duplicate that. And today I'm going to give you some information on the music that I use in the podcast. At least initially I'm going to use some of the tunes from the YouTube free audio library that has completely royalty-free music that you can download and add to whatever content uh, you might have. And you can find that at youtube.com forward slash audio library. And definitely like Cliff Ravenscraft mentioned in his podcast where he uh, mentioned that uh, URL as well. A lot of podcasts you may find with that same music or, you know, different things you listen to online. 
But uh, that's fine. You can definitely add a, your own spin to it. You know, grab certain parts of songs that, uh, you know, fit the mood of whatever content you're creating. And that's what I plan to do, at least initially. And I'm sure I'll mix in some, um, you know, inexpensive paid music and uh, tunes along the way. But for now, we're going to have some fun with that. And uh, that'll end it for today. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode. Adios.